Well, hello again, Pastor Brown from Akron Alliance Fellowship, hoping that you've had you an, an exciting week, a wonderful week, and that you've been just enjoying yourself in the Lord. Uh, it seems like time is flying, week after week after week, it's just running by us. And uh, not too much longer, we're right back into winter, uh, not far away in uh I was getting up the other morning, and I said, boy, it's still dark. And uh, just a few weeks ago, I was getting up, and it was daylight outside. And uh, and we're beginning to see this time change take place here. But uh, we're so thankful to have another day, one more day that the Lord has given unto us. And we're just thankful that we can be used by him and for his glory. And I pray that that's your prayer. Lord, use me. Use me, O God, to glorify the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I thank you for listening and uh, sharing with a friend or whatever. And we're just going to continue to do this for some time. And uh, we're looking forward that God will somehow allow us to know that this is a blessing to people, uh, even outside of our church realm that uh, this can be a very useful tool to help people grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I I I know we've been in the book of Revelations for a while. Uh, we're going to make a shift here and we're going to begin to look at the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. And uh, we need to have maybe just a little better understanding of that work of the Holy Spirit. I think many Christians, uh, they somewhat take the Holy Spirit for granted. Uh, His name is mentioned, but um, we don't really tune into him and allow him to really oversee our life and I think that is so important that has to take place if the Christian is going to make progress if they're really going to grow a lot of us I think today in Christianity is trying to live what we call a saved life by the flesh by our own reasoning our own rationale our own thinking our own intellect And it's not our intellect that really saves us. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, And we're going to talk about that a little bit in this lesson. But we need a deep, deep relationship with Jesus Christ. And that only comes about as we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives. He has to do a work that work a transformation in us. He is the spirit of life. There's only one type of life. And that's the spirit of life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that he applies to us. Well, let's pray and we're going to get started. And again, uh, for the next few weeks, maybe a little longer, we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit. And would you be praying with me that God would uh, guide and God would minister and God would uh, give what he wants to share with his people. It's not what I want you to know. The most important thing, what is it that God would have us all to know as we go through this series. And if you've been a Christian for a while and uh, you've studied the Holy Spirit, I hope this be a refreshing course for you. That, uh, But yet, at the same time, I hope there can be some golden nuggets here for you that you can pick up along the way. And uh, if you're one of those Christians who are Basically, a carnal Christian don't know much about the Holy Spirit, don't know his voice, uh, never really been convicted by him, uh, haven't been taught by him. I hope somehow this will be a time of change for you, that uh, 
you can truly understand the real teacher is not a pastor, not an elder, not a Sunday school teacher, not some best friend. The real teacher, when it comes to spiritual knowledge, when it comes to the Word of God, is the Holy Spirit. The rest of us are all students. One teacher, many students. And it's students helping students to learn this Word. And believe me when I say I am nothing but a student, just like you. I'm still learning. And the Lord gives me breath. This book is inexhaustible. And the Holy Spirit is still teaching. Let's pray and uh, let's get started. Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you that you desire that we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given unto us the anointed one, the Holy Spirit, to minister to us. And Lord, you call him, Lord, our teacher. May we recognize him as our teacher. May we realize, Lord, we need to allow him to minister to us this word of God. So, Lord, uh, may he do his work. May we have ears to hear him. And may we apply what he gives unto us to our daily life. <clears throat> Let us not, as James says, to only be hearers of the word. But, Lord, may we be empowered by your Holy Spirit to truly be doers of your word. And, Lord, we'll give you praise and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Tozier said, and Tozier was a preacher in the Alliance. He was an evangelist, and he was an author. Many of you might recognize his name if you've been around Christianity for some time. Uh, Tozier says this about the Holy Spirit, and I kind of like to really agree with him because we can almost see it today. Tozi said one of the greatest mistakes made by Christians is to imagine that by coming to God in a new birth and receiving the spirit of adoption, we know all we can know about God. Boy, that's something about God, the Holy Spirit. Because we've been saved because we uh, said a prayer be, because uh, we know that the Holy Spirit has to come in us for us to truly be a child of God and we've said that prayer he's come and the book is closed no the book is just opening not closed a new life is just beginning And there is much to learn from the Holy Spirit in this new life that is called the Christ life. And some people have what they call a crisis experience. Some people see that just as a real growing experience. Some see it as is called by some baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we put a lot of things out here sometimes. But the reality is this. The Holy Spirit is real. He lives in those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the main teacher of every believer. And his desire is to teach us all and bring us all into a deeper, fuller relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to try to understand just a little bit about from Old Testament then over into New Testament. We're not going to spend a lot of time about the Old Testament, but we do want you to know that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was given to special individuals for special service. 
whether he was indwelling that person in the time of that special service, a special task, or if he was upon that person. Um, we could debate that all day long. Uh, whether if he was in David or upon David, David knew one thing, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Uh, we know that with Samson and that, that that spirit came upon him and there was that strength. We know with others, when they prophesied, the Holy Spirit was upon them. Uh, so there are those areas that, yes, we recognize the work of the Spirit in the lives of people at very special times. Every believer or everyone who believed in God or did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. But yet it was the Holy Spirit who had to somehow teach and bring their attention where they focused upon God. Understand the Holy Spirit comes to dwell today in the life of the believer. In the Old Testament, yes, that special individual for special service. In the New Testament, the promise is fulfilled as the Holy Spirit comes and dwell within each believer who has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in Acts 2.4 and Acts 2.38, it allows us to know that the Holy Spirit is coming and it's going to come from for many generations after the day of Pentecost. And we're going to talk about Pentecost for a little bit also. But understand the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us for this purpose. To truly unite us personally with God. That's one of the reasons we call salvation a personal relationship with God. Because it is the Holy Spirit who unveils God. Uh, allows us to see him in a much fuller way than what we could ever have seen him in the flesh. He is the one who begins to teach us the Christ life and what it is to live this Christ life in a manner that we might please the Father. So the Holy Spirit is doing a great work in us and through us for the glory of God and for each one of us to grow closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, understand, my intellect does not unite me with God. My intellect, my knowledge, does not unite me with God. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. He does that. Intellect is used to communicate what God has revealed to a person, to other individuals. We use our intellect to communicate and to share with others what God has done on our behalf. Now, it is the Spirit who truly unites and teaches us of God and the life that God has for each and every one of us. God has a life for each and every one of us. He has planned life for us. And it is the Holy Spirit who reveals that life to us and shows us how God would have us to live as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we may try to use intellect, and, and many people do, to live the Christian life. And when we do that, we miss the Spirit. We can memorize all kinds of verses. We can have all kinds of historical background. We can have a lot of intellectual knowledge about the Bible and still be lost or not used of God in a manner in which God would desire to use us. 
And we have to understand that intellect can never take the place, and this is part of our problem today. Intellect can never take the place of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can be a excellent individual. You have this behind your name and that behind your name. And somebody else have absolutely nothing, nothing but a third or fourth grade education. And God can use them in a way that is amazing to us. Uh, and yet, we wonder sometimes, how? This person don't have the education. This person doesn't have the knowledge. But yet, God uses that person, and it's not the person. It's the Holy Spirit. Working through an obedient servant to someone who has yielded himself or herself to the Lord and is willing to do God's bidding and do the will of God. Now, it is the Spirit who unites and teaches us and bring us into the fellowship with our Heavenly Father and who applies the Christ life to our life. We may try to use our intellect. We may try to draw upon all of our knowledge. And, and get me on this now. I'm, I'm not trying to say you should not educate yourself. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to school. Get all the education you can get. I don't care what field it is. I don't care what school. Get as much education as you can. But education in our intellect has to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. If it's going to glorify God, if it's going to glorify God, it has to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Example, and I think we can see this in Scripture without going too much, is simply this. The scribes, the priests, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, they knew the Word of God. They knew the Word of God. But just knowing the Word of God is not going to save you. And though they knew the Word, having scriptural knowledge does not necessarily mean you know God. You can quote all kind of verses. But that doesn't mean you really know the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can be a highly educated, intellectual individual and still miss God because you have not surrendered to learning from the Holy Spirit learning from the Holy Spirit. Now, those scribes, those priests, those Pharisees, those Sadducees, those religious individuals really allow us to know that intellect is not enough. It really does take the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Knowing God, knowing Jesus, is not about the intellect. It's about surrendering your life to the Holy Spirit that he might teach you, he might teach us, and that we become students of God's word as the Holy Spirit leads us daily into the scriptures and he then teaches us what no man can really teach us and here comes the real issue man has not the power to convict you of truth Holy Spirit does he convicts you of your wrong thinking 
but he also convicts you that this is truth. That's powerful. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. To teach us and to tell us this is wrong, this is right. And really convict us of it. Now, never think you can deal with man only with intellect. If you are witnessing to someone, don't think that you can just win him to the Lord through your intellectual knowledge. It takes the Holy Spirit to be involved. It takes the Holy Spirit to truly open that person's eyes and to also allow that person to understand what the Word of God is and the power of the Word of God. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit, not a work of man. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians, and we're going to go to chapter 2 and verse 12. Uh, <clears throat> because we need to really understand this and believe it. Because so many people are trying to live a Christian life from their own rationale of reasoning of what they think will please God or what uh, is the right way to live. The only way you're going to learn how to live the right way is that the Holy Spirit shows you and convicts you of it through the Scripture. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we come to verse 12, he says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Every believer has received the Holy Spirit. The question is, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life? Have you given him that freedom? Or have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ for fire insurance? Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ because grandma, mom, dad, uh, church, everybody said, this is what you need to do, but it's not what you want it to do. And you're just getting people off your back. You're getting people off where uh, uh, every time you see them, they're not trying to uh, tell you your need for Jesus Christ. Because it really does take the Holy Spirit to do it. He says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand if you un underline that word in your scripture, that you may understand what God has freely given us. The Holy Spirit takes this word of God and gives us understanding of it that man can't do. But the Holy Spirit can. If you spend time in this word, you will get used to the Holy Spirit interceding, interrupting, and sharing with you through thoughts as you go through it and as you're in it. It's surprising time when he says, remember the verse you read back in John? You're reading in Hebrew, and he said, go back to John, or he may take Hebrew, run you back to the Old Testament. If you're reading this word, the, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit will remind you of what you read and you're going to learn from it and you'll put it together and that's not man putting it together for you and trying to show you something that is a relationship between the student and his teacher who is teaching and revealing and the Holy Spirit will do that and then he says boy we need to understand that God has given us this freely. And <clears throat> go back up into verse 4 in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Come on to verse 4 with me. He says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, not through intellect, not through 
my ability to communicate so well. You see, we can begin to depend on our skills and our learned knowledge more so than we depend upon the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying you don't need those other things. You need to be able to communicate well. You need to be able to have knowledge that you have been able to learn. But it has to be used under the direction of the Holy Spirit. I can't say that enough. Too many of us are trying to live the Christian life without the involvement of the Holy Spirit in our life. And it is the Holy Spirit that you have to learn to listen and hear and really sit down and read your scripture, your quiet time. You know, I'm not saying you got to spend an hour. I'm not saying you have to spend uh, 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 20 minutes. You have to spend some time. I don't care if it's a minute. I don't care if it's just one scripture. If you do that every day, you'll be surprised what takes place in your life as the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you about the scriptures that you're reading. In verse 4 again he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. A demonstration of the Spirit's power. And Paul was an excellent communicator. Paul was a dynamic, dynamic teacher as a Pharisee. And he had knowledge for it coming out the ears. But while it was under the direction of the flesh, all he could do was prosecute, persecute Christians. All he could do is allow that anger to build up where he wanted to hurt Christians. But it was not until after Paul himself received the Holy Spirit and all this knowledge, all this learning takes a new direction to be used to communicate the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that it changed. And as the Holy Spirit took control of that knowledge, that intellect, that ability to speak, to know all these different philosophies that Paul knew, it really meant nothing just in the flesh. But under the direction of the Holy Spirit, not only did it change the man, it changed the world. And he says, Boy, not with wise, persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom or men's rationale or men's intellect. Our faith don't rest on men's intellect. It rests on the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us and through us. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. God's power of what he's able to do. Now, get all the education. I want to make that clear. But bring all that education, bring all that knowledge under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to use it. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. He says, 
in verse 18 in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the message of the cross is foolishness. And while I was doing this, one of the things I was saying to the Lord as I was going through this message, Lord, I don't want to look foolish before people speaking or talking about this because some of it may seem like pie in the sky. Some of it seem like, boy, it's just way out there. And we're going to really talk about how the Holy Spirit is working. And it's going to seem like it's something way out sometime. And I was asking the Lord, Lord, don't want to look foolish. Don't want to sound crazy. Don't, don't want to sound like I've lost it. But Lord, would you give wisdom and knowledge how to express it? Because Paul says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. For people who are not saved, everything about the Bible and Jesus Christ is foolishness. And they already think as Christians we're foolish. So we don't need to say anything that's so far out that it's unbelievable. And yet that's what it is to the flesh, but not the man of the spirit. He said to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. There's the difference. For those who this word has an effect in their life. And those who really want to grow in Christ, they will see the Holy Spirit as the power of God that works with the Word of God and that power that is released because of that Word through the Holy Spirit that will convict and that will build your life, change your life, transform your life. And it's not done so much by intellect as it is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes on and he says, <clears throat> For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. And God says, I don't care how intelligent you are or how wise you think you are or how much knowledge you think you, you have, if it does not come under the leadership, the governance of the Holy Spirit, he says, I can destroy that wisdom, that foolishness. That man think he is capable of using, and he cannot. He cannot. It will not stand against God's word or against the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the thing that we have to understand. Our intellect cannot get into the ring with the Holy Spirit and stand. It'll get knocked down time and time and time again. We do not have what the Holy Spirit has. Now, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, to unite us with God and our new life in Jesus. Understand that. He wants to unite you with the Father, but also with the new life that God has planned for you in Jesus Christ. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal that. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal the life that God has planned for you. No pastor can do it. No 
deacon, Sunday school, no great friend who's been in the church for a long time. The only one who can reveal God's plan for your life is the Holy Spirit. He is also our power for the new life. You have to understand that. You cannot live this new life in and of yourself. You cannot live this new life in the flesh. You cannot live this new life in the old life. It won't work. And a lot of people are saying they're a Christian while still living their old life, doing their old thing, running with the same old friends, going to the same old places where they know they shouldn't be going, doing the same old thing. And they're saying, oh, yes, I'm saved. They are far from saved. Because the Holy Spirit causes something to happen in the believer's life that really says to other believers, this person loves the Lord and they are saved. Not saying there's not a struggle. Not saying there's not some trials going on. There's not some fights going on. But for some people, they're not even a trying to live a Christian life. It's just a, yeah, I'm saved. But everything else about their life, there's not a thought even given to God. There's not a day even thinking about God. There's not a true 60 seconds in which their mind is focused upon God. And there's something wrong with that. Because the Holy Spirit is going to empower us to live a new life. Now, catch this. If that's what we really want. If that's what you really want, he empowers you to live the Christ life. That life that God says that he will use as an image. As an image. That he will bring us all into that image of our, his dear son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He'll bring us into that image. Excuse me. These allergies are kicking up. But he's that power to live new life. And you can't live it without him. Now, he prepares us also for service. Not only is he the power that you need to live the Christian life. He is the teacher or the trainer that trains us to serve the Lord but also to serve people. A lot of Christians today don't know what it is to serve God because they are so accustomed to making God the bellboy, making God the maid, the butler. They use God to go get this for them and go get that and do this and do that. And we get this thing confused about who really is the servant. And unless the Holy Spirit is teaching you to serve, you will not serve. Sometimes I use my kids as an example or as an illustration. When they were home here, sometime. When I was finished with a bath, I had one of them go in there and clean out the bathtub. And say, why? Or when I come in from work, and I've taken my work shoes off, I tell one of them, go upstairs and get my house shoes. Why? And then there's times I would share with them, um, go get me a glass of iced tea or go, or go do this. Now, understand, I could have done all of that, and a lot of parents do. But if you don't teach your children to serve you and wait on you, 
And you just assume when they get older, they will do it. You might be surprised that they don't do it. Because they've never been taught to serve you. They've always looked upon you serving them, waiting on them, doing for them. And they never could picture themselves serving you or giving time to wait upon you or causing themselves to miss out on something to do something that would benefit you. And that's what the Holy Spirit does with us. He's training us to turn off the TV, turn off our music, turn off our phone, and spend time with Him. The Holy Spirit has to teach us that. It just doesn't happen. Turn off the radio in the car sometime. And just quote a verse over and over to yourself. Or find a good Christian station and listen to that speaker on your way to work that can really help you to grow in Christ. And you're able to take something with you into work from what you've heard on the radio while driving to work because you're not listening to all that boom, boom, doom, doom and, 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 and everything else. You are hearing the word of God and faith is built basically on hearing the word of God and the Holy Spirit then empowers that word in your life. If you allow yourself The time to be under the word, to hear the word, the Holy Spirit, that power will be released in transforming your life, transforming your thinking, transforming your thoughts. And you'll be surprised, even the thoughts that you have about God, as you allow yourself to be taught of the Holy Spirit, the word of God. Now, he prepares us for service because that's what we are called to be, the servants of God. Priests, he says, you are my priest. The meaning of the priest is servant, one who serves. And he's calling you, but there has to be that preparation in order for you to be used for the glory of God. It cannot be done in the flesh. It has to be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. If God is truly going to be recognized and glorified by the unbeliever. Now, the other thing is simply this. He raises us up in holiness. He raises us up in holiness. That doesn't mean that, boy, all of a sudden... I'm holier than thou. Uh, I'm not looking at this no more. Or I'm not doing this anymore. Or I'm not speaking like this anymore. He changes it. Yes, he's going to convict you about the things that are against the word of God. And the way God would have his saints behave. He's going to convict you. And he's going to bring you out of it. And how does he do that? Through what is called holiness, or purity, or sanctification. He brings you out of the worldly type life, where some of these four-letter words, and, and three-letter words, and even some with more than the four-letter, cease from coming out of your mouth. Because sweet water and bitter water don't come out of the same faucet. And he begins to do that mighty work in you. So he brings us up in holiness, not in sinfulness. He raises us 
in holiness, in righteousness, in purity. He raises us up that we can really be used by him for the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And to really be used in the church, in the work of the kingdom, in the labor that is done. He raised us up in holiness. One thing I really understand about Christianity, and and uh, this young girl, I think, was the very evidence of it. She, We were looking for a new secretary, and um, it was amazing because I'm trying to pull one person in because they have the skills, but that person wasn't going to really fit. And I would say, well, Lord, let's give it a try. And this lady walks into the church, and she's interviewed by my daughter. And then she, after the interview, she tells my daughter, I refused a job that would pay me more money than this job. But I believe God wants me here. Well, that floor is everybody. Because that's the Holy Spirit giving to the work that we believe is of God what is needed in a labor or in a person. And she's just as happy in that office. Boy, we were somewhat saddened and ready to cry when the old, older secretary had left. She had been with us a good while. And I mean, you could not have asked for a better secretary. Uh, I mean, our past secretary was just polite and kind, honest. I mean, just everything you would want. But God made the change. He put her, our past secretary, where he wanted her to be. And she's just thriving and just as happy there and and, and praise God. But what he gave us is a woman who was out of the workforce for a while because of sickness, had applied for jobs, had a job offer, and we paid her more than what we could pay her. And yet God spoke to her and she winds up with us. And we're just as happy with her. And every day she's learning, but she's just a jewel. And we praise God for her. See, see God prepares us for service in his kingdom. And one of the things that really strike me in this is never about money. It's about, am I in the will of God? Because we know the one who provides for us is God. Last one here is simply this. He brings us into fellowship with God and one another. The Holy Spirit brings us into true fellowship with the Father, with the Son, and with himself. That we are having fellowship with the triune God. And he does that. He does that work in us. That we are functioning, recognizing the triune God that we serve, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But somehow the three of them contribute to this growth that has to take place in me as a Christian and in you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all working on your behalf. But yet the one who really initiates all that, in a sense, is the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, go to Philippians chapter 3. Boy, the time flies. 
little bit too quickly here for us. Go to Philippians chapter 3, <clears throat> verses 17 and 20. Philippians chapter 3, 17 through 20. He says, Boy, join with others in following my example. And this is Paul speaking. Hey, follow me as I follow Christ. This is what Paul is basically saying. And, he, and his issue is here. Join with others in following my example. Brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern. Now what I want you to pick up here is this. Pattern. The word pattern. That for every Christian, there is a set pattern that the Holy Spirit has for us to learn and to grow by. And that pattern is there and is not deviated because you're this or you're that. Now I'm not talking about him personally shaping you and molding you in a sense, but this is the basic pattern for our behavior as Christian. It's for our conduct as Christian. It's our worship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's this basic pattern that the Holy Spirit has to establish in us that we pretty much can really be together and have no problems at all because we don't allow the flesh to get in. And we know it has to be the work of the Holy Spirit in every one of us, not just some of us, but every believer that is gathered. And he says, who live according to the pattern we gave you. So Paul gave them a pattern. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And he goes on, he says, For as I have often told you, brothers, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Do you see that in the body of Christ? Do you see those who say, oh yeah, I'm saved, I'm saved. But they do more harm to the gospel than the unbeliever by the way that they live and carry themselves and talk. That is just a shame how they do and disgrace the very name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not trying to say I'm a perfect Christian. Please don't don't think that at all. I, I'm still struggling. I have my faults. But I tell you this sincerely. I love the Lord. And I want to serve him. I want him to use me for his glory. And I do pray for forgiveness. I do ask him to wash me in the blood of Christ. Give me that mind of Christ. I wouldn't be doing that if I didn't know it from Scripture. But because of Scripture and because of the power of the Holy Spirit in me convicting me of things, right and wrong, that this life is continuing to develop, not for the flesh, but for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, again, for as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. They're never satisfied. The world can't satisfy. They can't they can't get enough of the world, but they're always in the world. Their stomach is their destruction. Their spiritual stomach, in a sense, is their destruction. And they always want more, 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 more of what? Sin rather than holiness. Of the world rather than the teaching of the kingdom of God. And he says, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. 
Their minds is on earthly things. Where's their mindset? See, when you see Christians whose mindset are on the things of this world, men and women, I don't have to dress like this world. I don't have to look like this world to witness to this world. I don't have to talk like this world, in a sense, to witness to this world. I don't have to use profanity because someone else, that's all they really know and very little of English per se. I don't have to use profanity. I can speak and the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit takes those words and somehow translates those words into understanding for that person. And that's for every Christian, not just me. You don't have to look like the world to attract the world. You don't have to talk like the world to be able to witness to them. You have to be what God wants you to be. And in that comes the basic pattern. His servant. All of us. His servants. We are his servants. And if that's your heart to be a servant for the Lord. You don't have to look like the world. And God will use you to impact this world that you live in. Because you're his servant. You're his vessel being used by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on and he says, Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. So he tells us where our mind should be. Our citizenship is where? In heaven. We're not so caught on this earthly plane. And the Holy Spirit gets us off this earthly stuff onto kingdom stuff and heavenly stuff. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Boy, time just about gone here. Why don't you go to Jeremiah chapter 31, 34. We got a couple more verses and we're going to hit those verses. Jeremiah 31, uh, verse 34. <clears throat> Listen to what it says. If you have your Bibles, boy, follow along with us. No longer will a man teach his neighbor. Don't ha- need a man to teach, per se. Now, that, how do I want to say it? Literally, we need teachers. We're all going to teach, but what he's trying to emphasize to us the real teacher will be the Holy Spirit not the man that's doing the teaching and even when that man or that person can't be present if you open your word and read this word the Holy Spirit will teach you now tomorrow morning me and my wife will get up and we'll start going and so forth and she'll yell at me Melvin and then I know it's come time to Get the computer, get Melvin. Uh, We listen to Sunday school uh, at our breakfast table there at the kitchen. And uh, but if Melvin didn't show up, or we're having trouble with the computer, all we need to do is open this up. Melvin don't have to be there. Pastor Brown doesn't have to be there. All I have to do is open this up and begin to read it. And my teacher will be there. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And that's what God's talking about. No longer will a man teach his neighbor. I don't need a flesh and blood teacher per se to teach me. But don't discount that God will use another man, another person to teach us. But he's allowing us to know that he will always provide us a teacher in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on and he says, Or a man, his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. 
how is that going to take place? Through the Holy Spirit. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit works in this and bring us to that place of loving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and loving God the Father, for I will forgive their wickedness. The Holy Spirit has convict. We have confessed. And God forgives the work of the Holy Spirit. Go to First John and we'll close with First John chapter two and we'll pick back up. And like I said, we're just in this and I'm gonna to try to follow what my wife tells me. You don't have to finish every lesson. You don't have to finish every lesson. So we'll go first John chapter two, twenty six and twenty seven. Time true truly, truly, truly just flew by here on us. He says in first John chapter 2. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. Who is that anointing? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the promise that was given. And he is in us. Remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches, who's teaching? His anointing, the Holy Spirit. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and that's exactly what Jesus said in John that the Holy Spirit would do. He would teach us all things. And as the anointing is real, not a counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. I think in Christianity, we have to, once again, really understand. We have some great pastors. We have some dynamic orators. We have some men who are great communicators. They are dynamic. But none of them, none of them can hold a light to the Holy Spirit teaching. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through this word, you will experience power. Not some type of physical power that you're moving this and you're pushing a car, lifting a car up, uh, uh, picking up a thousand pounds. No. There's a lot of people who can lift a lot of weights and, 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 and they can lift 500 pounds, 300 pounds, but they cannot change one thing in their life. And the power we're talking about is the power to live for Jesus. The power that transforms your life. And that you can serve the Lord Jesus Christ as a valuable servant because the Holy Spirit has prepared you. And the Holy Spirit has empowered you. And the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding and teaching you. Boy, we got much to learn as we go through this area of the Holy Spirit. So I pray that you will join us each week. And we're going to be right back here on this. And uh, we're just going to take our time and we'll walk through it. And I hope as we finish up with it that we will have a better understanding or a deeper understanding of the person 
of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, God bless you and may God keep you. May you have an exciting week in the Lord. And uh, I pray that somehow something is always said that somehow encourages you, builds you, or cause you to go look and see if it is so. Be a Berean. Just don't accept Pastor Brown's word. Go check it out for yourself. And allow the Spirit, who is the true teacher, to truly teach you. Amen? Father, we thank you and praise you for another time. It went so quick. But we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will quicken your words to us. And we pray, Father, that you would be honored in all that is said. And Jesus Christ would be lifted up in each and every life of the hearers that hear. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. See you next week. God bless you.